Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes. I am joined by Wayne. I've done this all wrong, but it's okay. I'm going to continue. We don't we don't have time to go back and forth. Um, you're Wayne. They call me Stephanie. <laughs> How are you, Wayne? How are you this evening? Uh, very well, thank you. And you? Yeah, good, good. I can't complain. It's cold. It's cold outside, but uh, that's okay. I'm not a cold person. I like the heat. I, I like it cold, actually, but there we go. Some people do, you know, some people do. Um, I, 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 I put more clothes on, but there's only so much I can take off before I get in trouble. <laughs> Indecent exposure or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all good. <laughs> um, Wayne, uh, shall we get things kicked off with my good first one, which is um, tell people a little bit about who you are and um, your journey to where you are today. Okay, that's, well, that's a big that's a big question, isn't it? It's an opening one. It's a good opening one. That is a big open question. Tell viewers a little bit about who you are. Uh, well, um, my name is Wayne Murphy-Jarrett. I'm 51 years of age, uh, and I'm fairly recently begun... Um, pursuing the career of acting but um prior to this i've been a successful jewelry designer uh, i've run my own business a few times um and i also have a first class degree in computer science and um a qualified software engineer as well so uh this is kind of my third third phase i suppose you could call it it's like it's like it's like the marvel universe this this is uh phase yeah. three <laughs> yeah it is this this is the uh yeah the third the third phase in the in uh wayne's cinematic universe yeah yeah it's it's quite bizarre because i don't see how all three of those universes link up i'm sure they've got to link up in phase three at some point but um... well i've i've got a theory on that if you want to hear it. i think yeah. um so I have, uh, yeah, I've got a first class degree in computer science. So that requires uh, uh, an excellent level of mathematical understanding. Uh, but prior to that, I was a silversmith and a jewelry designer. Um, and I'm always creating and making stuff. But also as a, at a young age, I studied art. And one of the things you learn when you study art is uh, you learn about color theory and you learn about things like um, armatures, which is the structure beneath the painting. So when you go into a gallery and you see a beautiful painting, beneath that painting is a very precise mathematical structure. So my view is that, um, and I mean, it's not my view, it's my understanding, that, um, you know, there is, a, there is a marriage of science and art, and it's the same with acting. You know, you, you watch a great performance of an actor and it you know it can appear very organic and and truthful and real and beautiful and it is but there'll be an awful lot of disciplined work and structure that will have gone into getting to that point 
it's so I'm I'm already lost where I was going with that one. <laughs> well, you you were marrying them all together, so oh, uh... yeah, the the three phases of the universe, yeah. So science and art, as from my perspective, are intertwined. It's again, I didn't know that about about the about the art and the and and the behind the picture. I mean, I have to take more of an effort to look at things, I guess, and uh, and try and understand that a bit more. And it's it's it seems that you've you've always been creative. So as you go back to yeah. your childhood, you were doing art. Um, yeah. So being a silversmith is a for, is an art form. Um, computer science is uh, it's again it's another art form. It's an art of computers, and yeah. you're here now. So you've always been you've always been creative. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and I've always got um, several projects on the go that aren't just acting or or something like that. So I mean, at the moment, I'm making a short film collaboration with some actors that um i met on twitter uh quite an interesting concept actually i have never spoke to any of them or or met them in person just through the keyboard on twitter and whatsapp and we've collaborated on making a script they've all filmed their own i've directed at a distance sent them like shot lists and instructions on on uh, how to light the the shot and, and 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 whatnot, but you know they've also of course got their own creative license, and then I'm bringing that all back together, and cutting it into a short film which we'll be releasing uh, on Twitter in a few weeks when it's when it's finished, and I'm really excited by that actually because uh, at the beginning one of the um, actors said, oh, should we set up a Zoom call? And I said, well, actually, let's not. Let's let's keep that distance just for an experiment and see what can we achieve. You know, in other words, my, my view was if you're if you're at home, maybe you can't get out because of maybe you've got mobility issues or you've got, in my case, family commitments that really eat into your time. And you think, oh, I've, I, you know, I wish I could make a film or, or or achieve some project but i've got all these constraints well you can still work within within any constraints you can still create something so yeah well we'll see how it turns out but yeah i mean i'm doing that i'm also building a shed for my son in the garden to put his weights in so we've got an outdoor uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I've built a Minecraft server on a Raspberry Pi for him and the local kids to play with um, so they can all be online at different times. Uh, and I've, there's probably a couple of other things I've forgotten. My wife said the other day, you know, you've got five projects on the go at once. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a, a burning desire to be busy and creative. Um, yeah, I mean that's very, very busy. With regards to the to the film, um, it, it sounds like a new way of doing things, and it sounds like um, that the idea was, although to keep people separate, is to obviously it's all going to come together in one film. Mm. Um, yeah, how have you found that? What, what that must have been a challenge, surely. Yeah, well, it's so far um, it's exceeded my expectations with 
what they've produced. So one, one actor, for example, the first piece of work that came in, uh, a lady called Helen, and her part is just a voiceover. She's a voice on the phone. Um, didn't really know an awful lot about this lady, but sent her the script and she's sent back the recording of, of uh, her voiceover. Absolutely impeccable recording. You know, the audio quality. Um, a shame, really, because I have to sort of dirty it up to make it sound like she's on the phone. But it's better to start with something good. Anyway, it turns out she's got, a, you know, a great home studio set up and used to be a sound engineer with the BBC. So she totally knows what she's doing. But, you know, a couple of text messages and boom, in my inbox, there's this immaculate audio. Uh, another chap that I've... Um, sent the script to and his all of his parts are silent but he's got the most sort of dramatic in fact it's someone you interviewed recently martin spendlove oh yes marty yeah so his his parts so you spoke to him i haven't i've only anyway. <laughs> i've met him <laughs> you've met oh you've met yeah in person crazy. Yeah? yeah it I was it, it was crazy just to suppose to interrupt you but yeah is i met him uh was it last year yeah what last year um, and he was doing a film with my other half where she was doing the makeup and stuff like that. And um, oh. the director asked if the kids and I wanted to, you know, just be in the background sort of thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Brilliant. Well, he's done. So his parts are, um, they're like cutaway shots to a different, there's a, there's a conversation going on between some people on the phone, but you sort of cut away to some action. Um, whilst you're hearing the phone call and the cutaways are uh, Martin's parts, but they are the most um, dramatic elements of the film. Um, so he, you know, he uh, is portrayed in various uh, emotional states. Anyway, he's been sending me these shots. And again, I've basically sent him a, a, a document, you know, like a, a pages document with, instructions but i haven't done i haven't done storyboards i just you know said sort of roughly the kind of you know the sort of level of framing the style of lighting so there's still you know there's some direction but it's not you know they've got some artistic license and yeah these shots they come in and wow amazing yeah amazing stuff and yeah i will certainly i'm going to add you to the updates actually i've been doing updates on twitter so hopefully in the next couple of weeks it will it will go live and you get to see it. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, you know what? Like I said, is um, I, I I like projects like that because they're different. Yeah. And to see the to see what see basically you've got all the actors doing their own everything. Yeah. And you, then you're going to piece it together with your own work as well. And it's yeah, so be I'm in it as well. I'm going to film a short scene of myself as well. So they're, they're kind of, they, you know, they're basically, they're, they're self-tapes, but, you know, it's not, I'll do a self-tape, it's create a scene, but within your home. That's, that's, that's going to be, I can't wait to see it, because I, I, without giving away too much, and please tell me if you can't say anything, um, can they, do, do they meet in any of the scenes? But obviously... Um, so it's called it's called Three Brothers Grimm. So hashtag Three Brothers Grimm. Um, and they know they don't meet, 
but um, myself and another actor, Tristan Pretty, we have a conversation on the phone. In the film, the, the sort of narrative thread that ties, that everything else hangs off, is the two of us on a phone call, um, which gets over the fact that two actors are talking to each other in different locations. But we didn't, we haven't actually had a conversation. You know, so he's filmed his bit, you know, with on the phone with his partner um feeding him my lines you know and i would do the same in reverse and That's give the illusion that we have a conversation having never spoke that's going to be um it sounds for me that sounds like that's something that's just going to be amazing because um in theory that's how it usually works whether you're on a big film set or not you don't have two people doing that phone call they exactly. each call your own lines there's so often, there's often a, a someone just feeding the act of the lines, isn't there? Yeah. And they cut it together later. That's... <laughs> I'm looking forward to this now. So, um, yes, please keep me in the updates for that. I'm looking forward to I that. Will. I mean, it's only short. The script's only two pages long. So we're only expect expecting two to three minutes long. But, um, yeah, we'll see. we'll see how it turns out. I've got a good feeling about it, though. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I have a good feeling about it. Um, like I said, I know Martin, and um, I say I know Martin. I've met Martin, <laughs> you haven't, and um, he's he's fantastic. He he embraces the chaos, and mm. he 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 always goes full out and prepares very very well. So yeah, um, well, I could see that in what in what he sent through, and I was very pleased with that because I'm I'm the same. I will every anything I work on my sort of ethos is I assume that this is the best, most important project I will ever have. And it's my last. And that's how I view it. And you think, yeah, this, you might never do anything ever again. So make this count. Make it, make it, make it the best one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Three brothers grim, you say three brothers grim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, We'll have to I have to keep my eye out on that one. You'll have to update me as you do. Um, I will, yeah. So we've got art. So I'm I'm guessing you're you're quite handy with a with a brush. Um, we've got yeah. the uh, computer science, and I heard you. I'm, I'm only going to mention this because if my kids listen to this, they'll go Minecraft, Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. They obviously love Minecraft. Yeah. Um, you've used Raspberry Pi to yeah break this thing. My kids are going to ask me how do I, how do how do I play it? Can they play it? They won't be able to play this server because I've made this specifically for. Well, it's kind of it's kind of to solve a bit of um, child politics. So where I where I live, there's there's a lot of kids, and there's boys and there's girls. And they all play Minecraft together um, and they can see when each other is online. So the, you know, the boys are online and the girls are like, oh, let me join the game. So then they get invited. And then when the boys aren't there, the girls will break what the boys have built. You know, and when the boys aren't there, the other, you know, the other way around or whichever way I said it. And then they're like, oh, those girls ruin it or oh, those boys ruin it. Anyway, I've only got one child. I have my son. So I said, well, I'm, 
I'll make this keep it on the keep it on the download. I'll make this server just for the boys. And we won't we won't invite the girls. I mean, sorry, girls, you know, nothing personal. And then we'll just solve all the politics. And because it's private, the girls don't even know they don't even know it exists. How would they know? <laughs> they wouldn't know unless they watch this. Which they probably won't know. No, nothing. No offense. <laughs> it's not their bag. Oh, that's 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 one way to solve a problem. I mean, yeah, yeah. We we I, I get that a lot. And um, my two are uh, my daughter's older than my son, um, but he always wants my daughter's usually the ones that play with, with her friends online. He doesn't really play. I think he plays more of the Roblox type of stuff. Oh yeah, with friends online. And um, yeah, it's 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 always whenever they do play together online, yeah, one is always destroying the other's work, and it's just all you hear is "stop it." I just, yeah, I just leave them to it. I zone out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easier to it, zone out. No, they're 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 so they're so quick to those primal those primal moves. Bash, break, shout. Yeah. I Things I, I never understood Minecraft, and um, well, no, did I until recently? The thing is, I still don't. And Minecraft and Roblox, and I, I watch them play, and I go, "But Mario, Mario is much more fun." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's. Um, I think if your kids do play Minecraft, uh, it's probably it's not something to worry about because it's quite it is quite creative. You know, it's. Um, it's not it's non-linear it's not a game that you play a story it's building stuff it's sort of like digital lego i think yeah way of seeing it. yeah i know I, I agree i said they show me all the stuff that they do and go oh look what i've done and i always go mm. okay and i i, I did I, as you said it's like a digital lego so i can sort mm. of see what they're doing and but while they're actually building it, i'm just always going what's that it just looks like blocks in a line yeah, it's ama it amazes me that in the 21st century they're into this game that looks like something from when I was a kid in the 80s. It's 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 absolutely. It, I mean, it's great because we've been able to play other games mm. um, that are older games that are a bit more 8 bit, 16 bit, 32 bit mm. um, graphics wise, and, and yeah. they don't know the difference. So it's it's absolutely great. Um, so you've got into the acting world, acting, directing sort of world. Mm -hmm. You're known as the, uh, as the voice, the, uh, the uh, what do they call your voice? Oh, um, I, I don't have, they, well, they don't, not that I'm aware of. No? No. Someone's given a name to my voice. Yeah, I think they said you've got like a, a, a gruff voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 a gruff voice, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that came about in puberty. Some I always I used to get really upset. People would think when I'd answer the phone, people would always think it was my mum, and they'd be like, Oh, oh, hello, Teresa, yeah, how are you doing? And I'd be like, It's not Teresa, it's Wayne, you know. And then I was so happy when my voice broke. <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah it didn't used to be like that but there you go well it's it's good it's unique it's distinctive and um it, it 
must work well on the telephone as well, which I suppose when you do this 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 short, it will probably. I did do, yeah, I did a I did a short recently, um, a similar thing where I, I collaborated with a writer um, on Twitter. Again, someone I never met or spoke to. He just sent me a monologue, and I put together a, a self tape um, with stock footage. So cutting, which is another top tip, by the way, if you want to make your own film, if you just do a couple of shots, all I did was a single shot, kind of a bit like what you're seeing here, but with a nicer camera, um, and another overhead shot of me typing on a typewriter. And that was the only two shots I did, and then cut it with free stock footage and a voiceover track. Um, and yeah, and everybody that saw it on Twitter was very complimentary. Um, and it's sort of, you can, you can really up your production values by cutting away to free stock footage that's just, you know, you've had to do nothing but download, but you know, you spend hours editing it into the right points and whatnot, but, but yeah, that, that went really well. And you, funnily enough, someone did comment about my voice. So yeah, I have had, I have had comments about it before i suppose that's what you have to do you know you have to do more voice stuff yeah distinctive yeah, voice well, i've always said i've got a great i've got a great face for radio <laughs> see you can tell i'm a 50 year old dad with a joke like that can't you <laughs> see i'm a 41 year old dad and I, oh I, there you go i i've got my kids into dad jokes so yeah they love them they it's, it's, soon, it's like a switch. As soon as you have kids, something click on it goes. They're, they're oh, sorry, really, I'm really embarrassed. Like, no, oh, it's, it's great because I, I'm always like you always hear me go. They'll say something. I go, "There's a song in there somewhere," and and they'll go, "What? What?" And then you know, I'll, I'll pull out a song. And go, yeah, there you go. There's a song. And they'll go, "Well, how, how?" I said, "There's always a song in there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What made you get into this? In, what made you change um, to get into this field of work where you are now? What, what, what made you go into the acting, directing, uh, screenwriting sort of? Uh, well, I so when I was still a jewellery designer, um, it's probably about 15, 15 years ago now. Uh, I did. I saw a. This was just was just before I met my wife. I saw a an advert on the, in the local paper and the head, it was just a little, a little sort of personal ad, but the headline said men wanted. And I thought, Ooh, hello, what's this? I was single at the time, but, um, and it caught my eye and it was what it was. It was a local Amdram group looking for actors. Um, and I think they always struggled to find blokes to, you know, to, for the, to fill the male roles. Um, so I joined this amateur dramatics group and really, really enjoyed it. Just loved it. Um, and then decided off of doing a few plays with that. I thought, you know what? I, I want to study. This is something I really want to do, actually. And so I applied for drama schools, um, failed all my auditions. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then wife got pregnant and started a family. So I just kind of parked it really. And then um, obviously, as you know, when you have kids, suddenly everything changes. Um, 
so that was when I decided to get a degree and be a software engineer. Thought I'll do something much more, much more sensible, you know, sensible family man. But um, I still kept going to acting classes, like little short courses and things like that. So I'd go up to, I did a, I've done a few method workshops in London, some workshops in Bristol and look out, like I'm going to a class on an improv class on Sunday. So I just started grabbing little bits along the way. Um, but didn't, you know, didn't really do much other than a bit, you know, these little bits of training um, because having a family just kind of took over. But then last year, um, I saw an advert, a, a, a casting call on Facebook. There was a chap from, so I live in North Devon. There's a chap just moved back to the area, having been in London for 20 years, um, a, a writer. And he was putting on a play at the, at the local theatre. And he wanted to cast local actors if he could. So he put out this casting call. Um and I responded and he gave me the lead. He was so impressed with my reading. Um, and in the end, he, he cast everyone else he brought down from London. <laughs> so I was with, I was with all these people that were trained professional actors. The, the, the girl, the, the lady playing my daughter had just finished a two year stint in Emmerdale. And there I was just this 50 year old bloke from Devon. But it was brilliant. It was an amazing play. It was really well received. And um, people were going up to the the writer and director afterwards. And they said, oh, who's that, who's that guy with the gruff voice? I'm sure I've seen him on the telly. <laughs> you haven't, but you might one day. <laughs> you see? You see? It's the voice. It's the voice. Yeah, it could be. A good distinctive voice. People go, oh, yes. It, it's got a familiarity of that. Yeah. Yes, it's got a familiarity. That's the word. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't spit that out. It's it's it's, it's been a long day. Um, but yes, it's 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 familiar. It's 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 soothing. So as you say, it's a good voice for radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's interesting because that in itself is just as a story when you look at it, is is it's fantastic. I mean you kept yourself active by going to these yeah. uh, amateur dramatic groups and stuff like that and just doing little things, ticking over, ticking over, ticking over. One opportunity comes, you answer the door. Yeah. And everybody thinks that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, that, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but. I've said it, it's, it's mean, fact it, now. Well, okay. But it, that is that is the truth. He, he he was looking for local people. And if I hadn't done all these workshops, you know, and I was just using using the tools that I'd picked up along the way and gave a, a, a good read. And he's like, oh, great. I've you know, I've got no qualms putting you next to these people off the telly. Um, and it just shows that, yeah, if you keep keep your foot in or your toe in whatever the, the phrase is you know and keep you know keep your skills reasonably active then when yeah then when when an opportunity does come off you go and i mean off the back of that i did a i did a showcase at the criterion in piccadilly 
in uh, November. So in the same year, I was on a within a few months. I had a, a stint, only one, only one show, but on a West End stage, which was incredible. Not many people can say that. No, not no, many people can say was, that at uh, all. No, and the the thing was, it was a it was a showcase for uh, new writers' work, and. Um, I think the done thing because the because these are unpaid jobs and and they're often asking they're asking actors to work at short notice or for, and for no pay. Uh, everybody does it script in hand, so they they perform these plays holding the script. Uh, anyway, when I got the part, I immediately thought, I'm not I am not walking on with a bit of paper in my hand. So I went to town, learned the lines as quickly as possible. Um, I played a policeman, a murderer and a policeman. And, uh, and of course, you know, oh, sorry. Got, got a dog down there. Oh, anyway, so, of course, you know, I also immediately went on, on eBay and bought a, bought a genuine, genuine copper's helmet. So that I, I looked the part. And, um, so I was the only one. I was the only one on stage who had the the, the proper costume and no script. And um, because I didn't have the distraction and the piece of paper in hand, um, I was really able to get get into the part. And uh, yeah, afterwards, people people come up saying how great it was, and I got offered a role in a feature film. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's only that's only a small part. But it's hopefully filming later this year. And there you go. Oh, no, mate, that's so, yeah. That's 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 amazing. I mean, look, opportunity one knocks. You answer the door. You're filming at a local theatre in Devon with uh, lots of actors yeah. that have come up from London, despite yeah. uh, the director looking for local people. You're the only one. Yeah. You then go into. London Piccadilly, evening governor, yeah. with your policeman's helmet. Yeah. And off the back of that, a part in a feature. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's so that's what I mean by the idea of, I just view it that this, this one, this one is really important, even if it's, if it's sort of technically not big time or whatever, you just assume that's, that's the highest you're ever going to get. That's the best you're ever going to get. And just, you know, and if it ends there, if you've treated it that way and you've had an amazing experience, you know, the, in that, that one in the West end, the, what was required in the, in the closing part of the, the scene, I'm, I'm on stage with these characters who I've basically killed. And then I have to sort of walk center stage, survey these dead bodies show a tear of regret and then give a sort of a no a scream no and hit the floor but the director had also got a piece of music and he wanted me to hit the floor on the beat uh, as the music goes at the end so I, had, so I had to do all this perfectly timed and bring genuine tears and remember the mark and hit the light so for like three nights, I was walking up and down the youth hostel bedroom, pacing out, playing this bit of music on my iPad, 
pacing it out so that I could get those moves like choreographed so that I didn't have to think about the moves so I could just focus on the emotion but other people are just reading off a bit of paper yeah I mean that's a bit flippant to be honest they're not they're doing a great job but they don't they probably don't have the luxury of time to do more than that but I'm not working did have and so you just use everything you've got to give it 100 percent you see, I think that's one of the. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you about it as well. It's one of the bigger, the big differences, isn't it? When you compare something that you're doing on stage to something that you're doing behind uh, behind the camera, for example, there's 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 a lot more a lot more prep to go into it because you're you don't make a mistake when you're on stage. I mean, you can, of course, people make mistakes all the time, yeah. um, but it's a lot to learn to not make a mistake. And as you yeah. said, you through your you playing the music and pacing through and everything and that's 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 the muscle muscle memory sort yeah. of things kicking when you're actually on stage and yeah that's yeah. it is a lot it's a lot yeah i mean i think different people come in different ways i i like to learn all the lines as quickly as possible so i can forget about the lines <laughs> but other people go the other way and they focus on the emotion and what's happening and then that makes the lines make sense for them i think both there's merits to both and it's i think you find what whatever works best for you you know one of the people that i played with who the, the girl who'd been on emmerdale when she started rehearsals i was already off script um and she wasn't but by the time the performance came you know she was absolutely tight you know, and I know for some people they don't want to learn the lines up front because it that messes with their process. Mm. But, you know, we all, as long as we're all up there bringing the truth, then whatever works. Everybody has their own processes, I guess, and um, whatever works for you works for you. Mm. I'm going to ask. What does being on set and being on stage teach you? Like, what's, what sort of things does it teach you that you can use in everyday life? Does being on set on stage teach you? Um, like what skills does it bring? Well, I'll slightly, I'll slightly diverge from what you're asking and just to... So... I'm quite a socially anxious person. Uh, I'm currently on a referral for an adult autism diagnosis. Um, and when I found out that I was going to be on the West End stage in this play, uh, at the same time, I found out that there was going to be uh, an after show party. And I was extremely excited at the opportunity to be on stage uh, and nervous about attending an after show party. Because when you're when you're on stage, the whole thing is scripted. But when you're in a party, there's just hundreds of people. And I'm like, who, who, do I, who am I supposed to speak to first? What if I say something weird? Oh, I haven't spoke to them yet. Have I been speaking to this person too long? So I guess maybe it can 
it can help you develop social skills. I don't know. I think one thing it can teach you is um, like any craft that you uh, engage in, when you get the result at the end, whether it's your performance on stage or if it's a, a short film or making a piece of jewellery or a piece of software, if you get to the end and you look at that and you've and something good has come from from your endeavours there, something that you feel a sense of pride, uh, it's quite likely that that's required a significant amount of effort and discipline. If the result is something you go, yeah, fuck me, that's good. Yeah, I'm pleased with that. You don't probably get that from just having a go and see what happens. You know, you, the, you get that sort of feeling when you've you've worked with something. So, yeah, I guess um, there's no avoiding hard work. And there's, you know, I think the rewards when something, when you do work hard at something and it comes out good, it's just that much sweeter, isn't it, I think? It's, it's the import, it importance of hard work. It definitely is. I mean, uh, as you say, look, when, when you put time, effort, um, energy, focus, and when you get that moment to then sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor, as it were, mm. um, in terms of a performance and looking back on your performance and uh, or making something, whether it be um, a computer program or a piece of jewelry, uh, an art mm. piece, um, when you get a chance to look back at it, you go, yeah, I, I put... I put me into that and that's what yeah. I want to get out of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, the, your, your setup here, you know, this, I, I love the fact you've got the questions here scrolling across the back there and you've got your logo in the background, you know, um, you could do it a lot more shonky and it'd yeah. look a bit, it'd look okay, but you've obviously put a bit of polish into it. You know, and it will get better. I'm, I'm always looking for improvements. There you go. We're, I think we're, we're on a level there. Now that's a, that's the danger zone. Let me tell you, because <laughs> you know what the danger is. Nothing's ever good enough. Yeah, I know. It's, it's okay. Like, oh yeah, well that was okay. I can do better. There's a song in there somewhere about welcome to the danger zone. I think I might have got the words mixed up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, come on. Come on, Dad. Give it to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it's funny because I was saying to somebody else and um, uh, speaking to uh, another lady, a makeup artist, and I said to her, um, the thing is, I'm an ideas person. I, I always get ideas. And um, sometimes I put them into practice and sometimes I don't. And when I don't, I usually find out that Sooner or later, somebody else has, has had that same idea and then put that into practice. And I end up kicking myself going, oh, I should have done that. And um, yeah. then even when I start something, I then go, okay, um, I want to make it better. I want to make it. I, and it, yeah, it doesn't stop until somebody says, look, just stop. Just enough now. And uh, let it yeah. play. And then review after a while and then see what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. I won't tinker just yet. <laughs> No, definitely not. Don't don't edit your work as you're going along. No, unless you're an editor. But, ah, yeah. well, no. <laughs> um, would you recommend people get into this industry? 
would you would you uh, would i'll you... be honest i'm only just really starting to view it from a, a, the perspective of it being an industry and i was i was having a drink on friday night with um the chap who gave me that first opportunity um and he said uh in the context of the conversation um he said oh, I've, I've got no doubt that you're going to be um uh, a successful actor and i said well that's you know that's very kind of you to say that but to be honest i assume i'm not and i've it's i, I don't know if it's being jaded with age but I'm now uh, of the view. Uh, when I was younger, you're, you're always looking at, oh, let's look up, look up there. I'm, I'm reaching for the reaching for the stars, or whatever in whatever endeavor you're doing. Whether it's you know, when I was a jewelry designer, I wanted to be in every department store in you know in England. I did manage to get into a few actually, you know, but I didn't achieve that that up there, that golden whatever you want to call it. So now I prefer to just think what I back to what I said earlier, this project I'm working on now, this is the most important thing. And this is all you're ever going to do. Just make this amazing or as amazing as you can do your absolute best. And if, if something else, another level comes along, nice one. And if it doesn't, then that's all right, because you've, you've, got the most out of you know put the most in and got the most out of where where you are and also there's just the world is full of talent amazing talented people that you will never hear of sadly you know actors musicians artists poets whatever there's just you know so it's that it's that sort of it, it, i think if you're going to do anything anything creative writing painting acting filmmaking anything like that it's just just do it for the love of creating something and enjoying that process um i think if you're doing it for any other reason then it's going to be hard harder work i don't know that's my that's just my personal view no it's um yeah no it's very true um you, you you have to i think you have to i said speaking with most people that i have done so far is the creative side has always been there and um it's funny because when i use that first question is they go oh yeah you know x amount of years ago and then they delve a little bit further and they go well yeah actually yeah actually when I, when i was when i was a kid i always used to do this and i always used to be mm. creative and, I always, and as kids you as kids you mostly are you know as kids you mostly yeah. are I think it's more society that that boxes us into, into yeah, squeeze, rings it out of you, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people enjoy getting back into it at some point, and when they do, it, mm. it 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 makes them feel alive and and happy again. And as you say, if you put your heart into it, and and you know, you make sure that you go, all right, well, this one is going to be my my best and my last one. Then mm. you know that for yourself and psychologically that you've done what you've yeah out to achieve. Absolutely. So, Right, I'm gonna. I've got, I've got a couple more that I want to ask you, and um, so Perfect. I'll be quick. Um, this one, yeah, is should we have a small screen 
I should have put TV channel in the UK, but I've put small screen channel in the UK. What What does that mean? What do you mean? So, um, there's lots of there's lots of um, there's lots of good work that gets missed, yeah. and that's because that's because people don't know about it. Yeah. And um, by that I mean, should should the UK have? I say the UK. Should there be a more dedicated service to where people can get their short films and their short projects, their short plays? That's something they want to show share with a wider audience. Should there be um, should there be a channel for it? So there, should there be like a TV yeah. channel or a digital channel or or something for it? I mean, I don't know whether or not there is something like that. I don't know. Um, but that would be a great idea. Yeah, I'd love to see something like that. Um, I actually don't get much chance to watch stuff, funnily enough, myself. Um, other than when I'm washing up, I do tend to put something on the iPad while I'm washing up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that would be great. And yeah, if... Um, because obviously you've got you've got things like YouTube or whatever, but that's un that's uncurated, so it's just a wash. But if there was something that you, I mean, I, I remember in the in the seventies when I was a kid, and um, maybe into the eighties as well. You used to see you seem to used to get more of those sort of play of the week type programs where you'd catch you'd turn the telly on and there'd be some strange little 30 minute drama that's a standalone piece that you know uh, do you still get that sort of thing because that's the sort of thing i can imagine that, that that's that's the sort of thing i i would be looking at i mean i when I asked this to somebody else they said oh you know you've got bbc free and channel four do a bit and you go yeah they, they do but most of those things are um from people that are already in the industry if you know yeah. what i mean people that are, yeah. are known within the industry and um it's it's it it's not it's not the same if you know what i mean no. uh, I, used, I used to listen to a lot of radio when i was in my early late teens to early 20s and um, not just as a dj but as um stuff like little britain started on radio and you, you'd hear a lot yeah. of that sort of stuff and um yeah. so radio was given you know comedy and shows an outlet but yeah sometimes um like i said a, a short film for example is there if there was a place where people could go right you know what um there's a 30 minute film i can go and i can go and watch it um mm. on the on the channel and it, it's 30 minutes of my life and i will uh, it, it helps to grow that industry if you know what i mean yeah, i would certainly watch it i would i would I yeah and, and that's the thing is if instead of just going on youtube and going oh yeah you know what let's look up short films if you had a dedicated channel for it and this is yeah. my thing and if you had a if you had a dedicated channel, whether it's digitally um, yeah. done or on on main terrestrial TV, um, at least you could go right. You know what? I'm on my commute to work. Thirty minutes, yeah. like a podcast, basically. And um, thirty minutes, I can watch a short film. Because obviously, if you go to a lot of filmmakers, will make short films and take them to film festivals. Yeah. But then that that will be a very limited audience there the festival audience so yeah in a way you're sort of opening that opening up that audience or that content to a wider audience yeah i think that'd be a great idea yeah well somebody will do it yeah <laughs> i said i'd love to do it it's, it's an idea i've had for years and it's something that i've always thought let me ask people is this is this is this something that that people would do will people enjoy because I, I i guess for 
anybody in the industry is you do want your hard work to be seen by people um, not not for not for anything else other than you just want it to be seen you know yeah um and for a lot of people as you say they do the festival circuit but it, it's still not seen by a, a, a wider a wider audience no. and, and appreciated enough and that was my thinking behind it um okay and i just wanted to get this one in because um although you're relatively new to the industry um you know about the industry um you're as we've experienced your challenges and uh, mm -hmm. I can maybe get that one in just towards the end, but what do you think the industry needs to improve? Um, what does the industry need to improve? Uh, well, I think there's, there's a definite, um, I was talking to my friend about it the other day, the, this, the, the, the writer chap, there's, if you could think of it as like a ladder, I think that first rung is probably really high. And it's so, for example, if you're. Um, so the, one of the reasons I'm making these short films is to build a showreel um, because I've got I've got the credits that I could get a spotlight profile, but I don't have a showreel. But if any independent casting job, so if there's say. Uh, a small independent filmmaker is looking to shoot a low budget short film and they're advertising great content for your showreel. Just email us your showreel. So already there's a, there's kind of a, a barrier there. So if you if you went to drama school, for example, at, during that process of your training, you would um, at the end, there would be a showcase where you would meet agents uh, you would collaborate with the film school and make showreels. So you would come out with those first sort of steps kind of covered in your training. But if you're someone who's coming at it, you know, without that going down that route, like to get the spotlight profile, you need a couple of paid credits. But to get the audition for those credits, you need a spotlight profile which is a, a classic catch 22. Now people do manage it, but it's, you know, uh, and I do, I've seen stuff on Twitter of um, people trying to push for a more open casting process. So someone's like, we're making a short film. It's just, all you got to do is make someone on your phone and email it to us. You know, I mean, those opportunities do exist, but it is, I do get the sense that, a lot of people will just say, send us your spotlight profile, you know, but there is, you've got to do stuff to get there, but to get to do the stuff, you need the profile. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that no. would be, that would certainly be one thing. Uh, the other thing in, in general is that uh, it concerns me that in the 80s and 70s, 80s and 90s, you used to have lots of great films that weren't full of CGI and didn't have 200 million pound budgets. And it seems to be talked about more and more that basically films are either made for 2 million or 200 million, but not much happens in between, which used to be all the great films. I mean, today when I was washing up, I had the movie Big, on Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Amazing, beautiful film. 
you know, everything about it is first class. But would that film get made today? I don't know. A studio might think that's a bit risky, a bit too risky to make that. Or we'll make it, but we'll have to use unknown people so that we only spend two million. Not we can't use Tom Hanks, you know, and then it ends up doesn't do very well because there's no names in it and nobody watches it. Yeah. So instead, we'll just churn out another Marvel. We'll do phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is great. I'm not dissing those. No, films, no, but, yeah. but that's just one flavor, isn't it? It's a bit like, I don't know, all we eat is ice cream. But, it's, you know, there's no other sort of food types. I don't know. Not a great analogy, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's it's funny because um there are lots, as you say, when you look back, there were lots of powerful performances. And I think around the turn of the millennium, around 2000, 2001, uh, we saw a lot of CGI coming into, into films and mm. it turned a lot of people off. Um, mm. You know, I, I was speaking to people and it turned a lot of people off because it didn't look good. It was too yeah. much. Um, the difference between um, Superman <clears throat> um, when it was uh, Christopher Reeves, for example, mm. to uh, Superman, as it was, I think, let's say Dean Kane, I, 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 I get lost. Um, but we knew it was fake, but yeah. the illusion was good because it yeah. was still it was still the person. Yeah, it wasn't a CGI of the person; it was still the person yeah. doing doing their bits, and um, so you, you understood it more. You, you you still had a feeling for it. I mean, I used to watch, and um, thanks to my brother, I used to watch a lot of um, Godzilla. Um, yeah. Um, and as a child, I'm there going, this is absolutely amazing. Because I don't know how they've done it. Mm. It, it, it. It's the illusion of cinema. I didn't know how they did it. And then yeah. you, um, with CGI, you just go, oh, yeah, it's done on the computer. And that's nothing against that doing that on the computer. Because like I said, I, I love the Marvel films. I love I love CGI and films. And I watched Avatar, the first one, for the first time just recently. I know. Oh, I know. really? Yeah, I, I I just didn't watch it at the time, and it never really bothered me that I didn't watch it. To be perfectly fair. <laughs> now, what's what's great about Avatar um, is that's an outlier because it's completely original. Mm. It's an it's a new original piece. You know, that's the other thing we get so much of this. So, like, I saw Ghostbusters, the first one in the eighties. Saw it at the cinema. I think I was about fourteen. I joined a queue, a big long queue of people queued up along the street and went in and saw this film it was in the summer holidays and when the theme tune came on at the beginning all the kids in the cinema were stamping their feet in time to the music and the floor was like bouncing up and down it's a bit sketchy really but you know where's would you get a new ghostbusters would you get a back to the future or do you just get stuff do you know what i mean it's more this reboots weren't a thing back then it's it's all new. It's 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 funny that you say that because um, <clears throat> I talk to my kids a lot about music and and um, I said I used to be a, a former DJ and I said the missus sings and stuff. So whenever we hear a song, I always go, "Oh look, that, that, I, I can tell you where that was sampled from." Like you know, more times out of ten, um, mm. and then some, every now and again, is I go, 
oh, I didn't know it was even sampled before it was sampled from that. And you know, I said yeah. there's always there's always been that in in the music industry. I said don't 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 be deluded about. I said the things with the films nowadays is as you say they're rebooted. This it's a reboot, mm-hmm. so it's it's Ghostbusters X and it's it's mm-hmm. um, Back to the Future twelve and it's it, mm-hmm. it, it's fine if you're continuing a franchise um, like you know you're trying to bring it up to date and stuff like that, but. Um, it's, it's it's it is only every now and again you get an original an original yeah. piece of piece of film that you go okay you know, that I wasn't expecting that and yeah. um, but then new, the, a whole new world a whole new universe yeah but even with that is I'll give you I'll give you one example and I've used this one before but it doesn't matter um, the Matrix when that first came out I yeah. thought was brilliant I thought yeah I thought was brilliant I didn't need a second one I didn't need a third yeah. one. That first one was brilliant. The rest is up to your imagination. Yeah. And they could have done it and stopped like that. But they continued it because the money the money came in and everybody was like, oh, yeah. And then the way I watched the second one, I went, well, that was pointless. Yeah. And, again, they had great CGI and, you know, stuff like that. But you just go, well, that was pointless, wasn't it? Like, you, yeah. you just set it up for the last one. And then the last one is... I mean, I walked out of that first one and you're like, is this real? Is the world real? You know, it was mind blowing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, the second and third one is. I was I, I was I was mortified by the second one, especially even the way it ended. It just said to be continued, and you just went, "Why? Why have you done that? Why? Why have you done that?" And then I was convinced to go to the third one because they said, "No, no, it's going to be great. It's going to they're going to tie it up, and it's going to be this, that, and the other." And I and I walked out, just went. Could have done. We're not seeing those two yeah, films. Yeah, you know, that's something in in the UK that we do well with our TV. We make two seasons with six episodes, done. Done. Then we'll then we'll, we'll sell it to America, and they can make forty seasons. And milk the office. The shit out of it. We don't care. Yeah, but we don't do that here. No, it, it, it can just end. Um, I think we've run out of time. And I don't want to keep you any longer. No, no worries. Um, I'll get in one, one more short one. One more short one. Um, Go on. Let's end on a good one. Okay. Um, who is your biggest <laughs> inspiration in your what field? Is your biggest whatever, inspiration. Whatever field it is, who is your biggest inspiration? Who is? Who is your biggest inspiration? Uh, I watched a a load of YouTube videos just this week uh, about Quentin Tarantino. Um, And one of the ones, one of them was uh, quite an in-depth behind the scenes on his film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, And I would say he is a huge inspiration because not, not only does he make these amazing films uh, with an enormous amount of attention to detail, um, but they're also completely unique and uh, not necessarily um, obviously commercial, even though they're successful. You know, it's it's where it's one of those rare things where somebody has made something that is popular, commercially successful, yet you can still consider it to be 
you know, in, in the realms of art, not just pop, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I guess I would say Quentin Tarantino. Perfect. Wayne, let us end it there. Thank you for your time. Um, no worries. Wayne's short film, when it does come out, is, um, there'll be a whole big fanfare and everything. So I'm going to make lots of noise and uh, share it with the world. And um, I encourage everybody, everybody to, to, to watch it. So, Wayne, thank you for your time. He's been Wayne. They call me Stepney behind the scenes. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. And um, Wayne, give him a wave. Say bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Take care.